This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Studio B, here's Jerem Jordan. And from Las Vegas, Spencer Linton. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Tuesday, March 8th, the year of our Lord, 2022. Thanks for being here. I'm Jerem Jordan, teamed up with a guy who, without any play-by-play to do, is angling to be tonight's clock operator, Spencer Linton. Jerem, I got to stay busy somehow, and you may have noticed that there were a few little problematic things that took place yesterday. Again? I am offering my services to make sure that does not happen again. I'm going to go in. I'm going to talk to the electricians in the arena. We're going to get everything sorted out. There will be no issues today, my friend. So there you have it. Yeah, I almost wonder if last year in the title game it was like, hey, we said Gonzaga men, (laughs) not women. Come on. Uh, yeah, no, all good. All good. Whatever. Both won in, you know, BYU advanced in the NCAA tournament last year. All good. But we've got that matchup. Uh, BYU and Gonzaga women today, which is uh, going to be freaking awesome. Coming up on BYU Radio, ESPNU, 4 Eastern time. So here's the show lineup. It's a title Tuesday, baby. Uh, will a win help the women's basketball team climb to a four seed or no? We'll discuss. Spencer goes one-on-one with Maria Albiero and Tegan Graham. And uh, Jerry Palm joins the program. He explains why he still has BYU in his bracket. We're hoping Jerry's right. You know, we've been kind of leaning on yeah. Joe uh, Lenardi quite a bit. If Joe, if Jerry's right, we're gonna we're gonna send him a gift basket of just Cougar <laughs> swag, blue goggles, all the stuff. We hope that happens. But first, let's serve up some headlines. All right, Jerem, let's go ahead and start with BYU women's basketball, who settled their score with Portland in a way. Avenging one of the Cougars' only two losses this season with the win against the Pilots head-to-head in the West Coast Conference semifinals, 59-52. 15 seconds on the shot clock for Gonzalez. She whips it to Graham. Albiero, wide open three. Got it! Maria Albiero! Oh, chills in that moment. How big was Maria Albiero? As mentioned, we will talk with her one-on-one in just a little bit. Shaylee Gonzalez did her thing, 20.6 rebounds for the back-to-back West Coast Conference Player of the Year. Tegan Graham was everywhere. She had a big shot late as well. 11 rebounds to go along with her 11 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. Tegan was awesome as well. Much more on women's basketball coming up. Yeah, it was it was a fantastic performance. Men's hoops remains second out in Joe Lenardi's bracket and in Jerry Palm's bracket. He still has the Cougars as the fourth team in and in the first four. We'll talk to Jerry later in the program. Kalani Satake has been named to the top 25 rankings of all college football head coaches. This according to Bruce Feldman, right at number 25. So congratulations. Spring football continues today for the 25th ranked head coach and his BYU Cougars. The New England Patriots released Kyle Van Noy. He is now a free agent. We are interested to see where Kyle lands. Certainly, maybe it's here in Las Vegas. Due to probable snow this weekend, baseball's triple header against Oklahoma State has been moved to Arlington, Texas, and the new home of the Texas Rangers. How about that? That's an upgrade. The Cowboys, who BYU will face, are coming off being swept by Gonzaga. 
While the Cougars ended with a two games to one series win against Milwaukee, the Batcats seven and three overall. I saw a concert, uh, Weezer, Fall Out Boy, and Green Day last July at Globe Life. It's legit, dude. That's awesome for them. Obviously, hosting Oklahoma State here would have been amazing, but bad weather. So, uh, you know, spring training ain't happening. No major league games are happening yet. <laughs> hey, nothing's going on there. It's just empty. Let's go. Violet Zavodnik is the WCC Player of the Week after seven hits, batted 500, four runs, five RBIs in uh, four Cougar wins last week. She's had like a month-long manifestation of the BYU Sports Nation karma, and it's fantastic. It's because she tweeted about it. Moving on to BYU men's golf, currently in a tie for seventh place at the Lampkin Invitational. Women's golf at sixth place in the Julie Inkster Meadow Club Collegiate. Good luck to both BYU men's and women's golf. And for the first time since 91, the men's volleyball team's not in the top of the team in the ABCA coaches poll. They're the first team out, by the way. You host Concordia Irvine this weekend on BYU TV. Let's hope they uh, snap the streak, with not a nine-match losing streak, which they, they keep putting out that it's since 90. It's 91. But anyway, facts, whatever. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending is presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. BYU and Gonzaga in the women's hoops WCC title game. This afternoon, ESPNU and BYU Radio at 4 Eastern time. So, Spence, will the outcome of today's game affect BYU seeding in the NCAA tournament? I wish I had a definitive answer for this. I am hoping that it solidifies BYU as a top four seed. Again, it's not about BYU hosting. We've already gone through all of the complications that go into that. BYU is not going to be able to do it for a number of reasons. They can't give up their venue for a week. They can't surrender that to the NCAA. Also, they can't hold practices on Sunday. So whatever, BYU's not gonna be able to host. That stinks, but at least give them the seed they deserve, which right now, even before the Gonzaga game, today should be a four seed. It's not gonna climb higher than that. However, if BYU loses today, then I can see the Cougars certainly as a number five seed and gulp maybe falling to a six seed, but I feel bad for the team that BYU would face in the second round, that three seed that draws the Cougars and are like, how did, we're the three seed. How did we get BYU who's ranked number 15 right now in the second round? But let's start with what's in front of BYU, what they can control, Jerem, and that is beating Gonzaga for a third time this season. It would give them a quote unquote Quadrant one victory to add to their already impressive resume. A three wins against another tournament team because Gonzaga's pacing to be an 11 seed right now. That's worth something. So I think that BYU at best with a win today, they punctuate why they deserve a four seed. But if they lose, yeah, no shot. They're going to fall to a five or a six. I, I wish they could climb some more. And I wish that the hosting thing weren't a situation and that BYU could have home court advantage. It's not going to be that way. The ladies just deserve and have earned at least a top four seed. And the AP voters have said as much. They got BYU at number 15, highest ranking in program history. So why would BYU not be worthy of remaining in the top 15, according to most of the media, if they beat Gonzaga today. Like, there are not enough teams behind BYU that have enough left on the schedule to jump BYU so much that they would fall out of, like, a top 17 or 18 scenario. So, 
I, I wish they could do more with the win, but they certainly can state their case that they need to stay where they are with the win over Gonzaga. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think BYU goes any higher than four. I don't think BYU drops any lower than six, although six would be just stupid. <laughs> if, if BYU is 26-3 and three with a loss, 27-2 and two <laughs> with a win, why isn't that team a five? Why isn't that team a four? Also, why can't BYU give up the Merritt Center for a week? And also, why do we care if other teams are using it on Sunday? I, I, don't, I don't understand why this is an issue. Why, I, I don't understand why the university can't make that available. Um, the, the issue isn't other teams. The issue is BYU's not going to use it on Sunday. So is there a Devo that was scheduled or something? Like, can we move stuff around? Isn't this the NCAA tournament? Isn't this an opportunity to help this team get to the Sweet 16? I don't understand why perhaps BYU wasn't ready for this, maybe, a little more knowing this team could have done this. Uh, I know there are policies in place. I don't have to agree with all of them, um, but it's disappointing. And why couldn't it have been neutral site nearby? Uh, did we just realize this late? Like, what? I, I, I'm a little frustrated that BYU can't host if they're in that position. Um, and, and then hopefully BYU can be a four, even if they're not hosting, because then – you would play a 13, right, in the first round. And then in the second round, you would play probably a 5 who beats a 12 on their home court. But, uh, you know, now, now you're at least the higher seed and perhaps a better team, right? So BYU's got to make the Sweet 16. The easiest way to do that is to host at home. Unfortunately, that, does, that isn't going to happen should BYU be a top-four seed. Yeah, and certainly – how do you reward a five? Like, which five seed do you reward with the home court advantage by putting BYU in that bracket? Depends which four and BYU is, right? Like, if BYU is the fourth right. four, perhaps the first five is the one that gets it. Yeah, I would think it's something like that. That, sure, that that would make sense. But or and does the committee like say, well, let's just keep it so we don't have to explain the seedings and BYU is not hosting. So let's just make that first five seed a four seed and we'll drop BYU to the five seed line and there are no explanations necessary. It just the semantics here are really crazy. And you did bring up an apt point. I mean, the devotional thing, if BYU had to surrender the building from Tuesday to Tuesday, now we're talking about pushing away two scheduled devotionals on top of the Sunday but situation. Young, who cares? Just, like. Sorry, this is the women's basketball NCAA tournament. Like, isn't this a thing we're hoping and trying to give the team? Um, perhaps uh, the speaker, I don't know who it is, was under contract for the Merit Center only. I don't know. I don't know. It just feels silly yeah, that we can't hook this team up. I wish they could have the home court advantage in the worst way because they, again, they have earned it. It's not, oh, give them what they deserve. No, they've earned it. They've earned the right to be in those top four. They've earned the right to be at home. It's not going to be the case. I hope that they, again, punctuate that scenario that, hey, we are a top 15 team today. We just beat Gonzaga for a third time, won the conference postseason tournament and the regular season championship, yeah. avenged the yeah. loss to Portland. Like, they've done everything they could possibly do. All right, Jerem, on to topic two. BYU men's basketball, meanwhile, well, their situation, as we have discussed ad nauseum, is very bubbly. Yes, dare I say bubblicious. And because we've been doing it every day, we need to get to our BYU men's basketball resume update as they approach a very interesting weekend. The net ranking stays the same at number 55. In the Ken Palm ratings, BYU maintaining their position at number 50. Jerry Palm... CBS lead bracketologist 
We're all Jerry Brackets guys today. Still has BYU in as a 12 seed, one of the first four in playing in Dayton. We're going to ask him why he believes the resume is worth that in just a few minutes. Lenardi still has BYU as the second team out in ESPN side of things. Team rankings has been bumped up to a huge 0.9% chance of giving BYU make, uh, a chance to make the tournament. Bracket matrix an 11.69 average seed, but only in 13 of the 129 brackets, including Jerry Palm of CBS Sports. Jerry, we love you. Please help all of the other people on the committee understand why you feel so strongly that BYU has done enough to still be in. Jerem, what do you think of all of this as we approach a ton of scoreboard watching for the remainder of the week? I think it stinks. I don't like it. I don't. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the 13 teams in bracket matrix that have BYU in. Okay, it's CBS <laughs> Sports, reputable. Sports mm -hmm. sentiment. Mm -hmm. Uh, dot com bracket odds dot com cheese predictions okay. what copatology uh -oh. crashing the dance dot com evan maya dot com who keats sports oak creeks prem dog at i'm pulsivity these just okay <laughs> just random people on twitter kirby cbb dot com like who are these people you and i should be putting out a bracket so it's 14 the BYU sports nation bracket yes and BYU is a one seed in yes. the NIT. Yeah. <laughs> uh, At Impulsivity is my absolute favorite in that. <laughs> it reminds me of X Wing at Aliciousness. <laughs> at Aliciousness, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, so and fantastic. Dan Smith at BYU should be putting out a bracket. Uh, yeah. At Bracketures. Yes. What are these? I don't. It, it doth stinketh to me. Okay. This, this doth stinketh. Wow. Hey, well, let me, get, let me give you a few teams to root against this week, Jeremy. We'll discuss this again tomorrow. Root against SMU, root against Indiana, and root against Wyoming. Start with those three. Yes, the teams around BYU, of course, yes. Our question of the day. Who or what will be the Y factor in, in today's West Coast Conference Women's Championship game? Let's hear from you in the voice of the nation. This is the voice of the nation on BYU Sports Nation. Ben Peterson on Twitter. Ben's bench production. We know what you are going to get from the starting five. They are consistently good. In the two losses, they had limited bench help. You need quality minutes when starters are resting. Okay, bench production. So Sarah Hampson and Kaylee Smiley. That's that's who. Uh, yeah, who Kay Kaylee Smiley was big yesterday. She hit a huge three, and Sarah, and Sarah did her thing too. All right, coming up, Jerem, is Kalani Satake. Ranked too low in Bruce Feldman's top 25 head coaches of college football. Does he deserve more respect? What do we think in our biased opinion? And why does Jerry Palm stub BYU in his bracket? He'll tell us after the break. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Number 15, BYU Women's Hoops plays Gonzaga for the West Coast Conference Championship today. You can listen to it on BYU Radio starting at 4 Eastern time. Spencer Linton is in Las Vegas. He will join us in a couple of moments. I am in Provo. Now joining us is the one credible bracketologist who still has BYU in the bracket, his name is Jerry Palm of CBS Sports. Jerry, how are you doing today? 
uh, I'm doing all right, but you might want to check with me on Sunday. <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so for the past you know months, we've been reporting on bracketology. And, uh, you know, for the past couple of weeks, it's been like, all right, BYU's out, BYU's out. They got to climb back in. They need a San Francisco game to have a chance. Got it. Didn't get in. Poof. Chance is gone. Or are we wrong? You still have BYU in the bracket as a 12 seed. What's your case for the Cougars to stay in as of now? Well, they've done reasonably well against the better team that they've played. It's not great. I mean, they're seven and nine against quad one and two. So that's below 500, but it's not terrible. And certainly there are teams competing for spots in the tournament that are significantly worse than that. The problem is the losses, the Vanderbilt, the Utah Valley, uh, Pacific. I mean, that's just, that can't happen. You know, that you get a quad four loss in a league like this, uh, you know, even a good year uh, for the West Coast Conference. And it's been terrific. And really that's helping BYU right now because, you know, there's four teams in this league that are at least possible NCAA tournament quality. Plus, Santa Clara is not that bad either. So, you know, the the league being as good as it's been, as deep as it is this year, unusually so, is 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 boosting up both San Francisco and BYU uh, and giving them a chance. But you know, the problem is one and two against San Francisco. You got a home and home split with St. Mary's, and St. Mary's, you know, that's a good win. But you know, it's just right now it's it's really close. And the fact that you're no longer playing, um, you know, while all of these other major conference teams who are around you on the bubble are, are still have a chance to play uh, really puts BYU in a vulnerable position. I like him at the moment, but like I said, check back with me on Sunday. Yeah. You've got uh, BYU four in right now. Give us a sense historically on the bubble in this situation. Okay. If you're barely in like what the chances are of you, being able to stay in depending on what happens around you and bid stealers, but also teams that were on the bubble that, that lose and maybe fall off. Yeah. And fortunately there aren't a lot of bid stealer opportunities out there. So that's good. Uh, Murray state would have been one, but they won their league. Uh, Loyola won their league, but I don't think that that was going to be, I think that was going to be a one bid league anyway. So really the only one left potentially is the Atlantic 10 where Davidson is the conference champion. And if Davidson, you know, goes, it doesn't take a stupid loss here on their way through the conference tournament, but loses to say, Oh, a, v, a VCU or a St. Bonaventure, then the a 10 would be a two bid league. And they might not be otherwise if Davidson wins a conference tournament. So that's a, that's a uh, somewhere where you want to keep an eye out on something like that happening. But then really the, the competition is at the, the other bubble team. So historically it, it's a mixed bag. Some years are just better than others when it comes to how the bubble teams perform in their conference tournaments, you get Michigan, Indiana in an eight, nine game in the big 10 tournament. So you're probably rooting for Indiana because they're the weaker team in terms of their resume. They might actually have to win, not just Michigan, but Illinois to get in. Whereas Michigan might be able to get in just by beating Indiana. Uh, Rutgers is part of that mix as well. Rutgers is the four seed. So they're not actually, they got a double buy. Their most likely opponent is five seed Iowa. You would definitely be rooting for Iowa in that game because if Rutgers loses that first game, their chances are, are less of getting in. So, you know, the, these teams at the bottom of the bracket, the American Conference teams, SMU in particular, but also Memphis, uh, you know, those teams that you're competing with are the teams that you want to keep an eye on. We're talking to Jerry Palm of CBS Sports, bracketologist who has the Cougars in, baby. We're all, we're all in on this. Let's go. Hopefully Sunday uh, BYU is still in. <laughs> it's a lonely island right now. It absolutely is. Okay, if BYU doesn't get in on Sunday, what costs the Cougars in the end? 
Pacific. No question. They're in if they beat Pacific. It's just hard to play a quad four loss off your schedule. And Pacific is ranked almost 300 in the net. So that's not just quad four. That's pretty far down the list. That's, it, it's really hard to, to play that one off the schedule. I mean, Vanderbilt's a good team. You know, it, they're just in the SEC, so they're not good at, compared to the SEC, but they're not terrible either. You know, Utah Valley, I mean, that's an in-state game. It, stuff happens, but Pacific can't happen. That's the one, if BYU isn't in the bracket on Sunday, Pacific is the reason why. Yeah, and it's crazy because it's not like, you know, BYU is getting blown out in those. Creighton was one. You know, Gonzaga was one. Uh, San Francisco at home was another, of course. But it's like, ah, just right there. Obviously, injuries early in the season affected BYU. We felt like, like the Cougars were overachieving at one point. Then they, they're almost in the top 25 uh, poll. Then they go to Santa Clara and lose, who probably would have been a tourney team if Rankage was healthy all year. Who knows? Could have been crazy. Yeah, and they're not a bad team anyway. Yeah. I mean, Santa Clara is an NIT level team, mm -hmm. which is part of, you know, the depth of this league being improved this year is that you're five deep in, in teams that are, you know, quality teams that you can still resume build with. Yes, this is the best it's ever been in the West Coast Conference. Every year they say it's good. Hey, this year was actually good, right? A, a three-bid league mm -hmm. uh, for sure here. Okay, if BYU actually gets in, and, and it'll be barely if they get in, why did BYU get in in your opinion? Because of the wins over uh, San Francisco and St. Mary's, I'm sorry, and San Diego State. I mean, that's, you know, that San Diego State's a nice non-conference win, and that's a team that's also, you know, near the bottom of the bracket. So it'll be the good wins, and and the fact that they, they had a good record compared to some of these other teams against teams in the top two quadrants and the top three quadrants. And that's, you know, that's really what's going to be what pushes them into the bracket because they're going to be competing with teams that don't have two wins over teams in the tournament. And, you know, uh, BYU's got three. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. But it's, uh, that, those are the positives for BYU. Yeah, looking at quad one, it's wild. Uh, you know, four and six for BYU. And eight of the ten games are conference games. BYU only had two non-con that ended up being quad one. Uh, you mentioned San Diego State. That was at home. San Diego State barely in quad one at 29 right now. And then at Missouri State, it's kind of a sneaky game. So, um did did B, was BYU's non-conference tough enough, uh, or did it need to be a little little tougher? Because I'm seeing some quad twos, and then there are a couple losses there that perhaps are, are costing the Cougars. Well, their non-conference strength of schedule is around a hundred, so that's not bad. Um, they're, they're competing with, for example, Wake Forest, who's in the three hundreds. Uh, Indiana's in the three hundreds. No, those are teams that hurt themselves by playing poor non-conference schedules, and we see teams get left out almost every year primarily because of that, that are near the, the bottom of the bracket. I don't think that's BYU's problem. Could it have been better? Yeah, maybe. But I think if your strength of schedule in the non-conference is around 100, that, that's not terrible. By the way, Missouri State finished second in the Missouri Valley, part of a three-way tie uh, with uh, Loyola as part of that tie as well. And Missouri State was actually the two-seed. Pretty good team. So that ended up uh, being a pretty good win. We're talking to Jerry Palm of CBS Sports. Uh, when it comes to BYU in the future in the Big 12, we've been looking at that situation with uh, great interest and realizing, oh, my gosh, just hover near 500, play a good non-con, and you got a good shot to get in. That league is just ridiculously tough. What does it look like in the future, in your opinion, for BYU in the Big 12 as it pertains to March Madness? Going to have to get better. Just gonna have, you're going to have to get better players to compete in that league. That entire league, uh, one of the last time I looked, which was probably yesterday, the entire league was in the top 80 of the net. Mm. Now that's unusual, 
I mean, that nobody is is having a bad year. It's all relative. Uh, they may only put six teams in the field, but there are no easy games in that league this year. So, you know, and then you're going to add, you know, BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, you know, that this is a, this is a league that's going to add quality, but those teams are going to all have to step it up a notch to compete in the big 12 in places and playing in places like Kansas and Baylor, Texas tech, Texas, you know, there's a lot of good basketball programs in that conference and the competition is going to, it's going to be uh, significantly more difficult than what all of those teams are used to seeing and the recruiting. You're just going to have to get better players. If you're going to compete in this league. hundred percent. We look forward to it. One more year in the WCC. What are you watching the rest of the week as we approach selection Sunday that has your mo the most of your interest? Well, it's the teams at the bottom of the bracket, because for me, I, I consider you know, as part of what I'm doing, the, the biggest priority is to try to get the teams right. And um, which I have a pretty good track record of doing, but so I focus a lot on the bottom of the bracket, but then the number one seeds there are six teams, maybe seven in play for number one seeds. Uh, Gonzaga will be one of them win or lose tonight. Uh, it's really a more a matter of whether they're the overall number one, uh, but uh, Auburn, Kentucky, Arizona, Kansas, Baylor, all, have reasonable scenarios that put them on the top line of the bracket. And uh, so there'll be a lot of attention paid to that as well. St. Mary's has a five seed I'm seeing, and then San Francisco has an 11. So three WCC team in teams in, and you feel good about uh, those seeds right now for, I guess, Gonzaga, St. Mary's and San Francisco. We'll be watching that as well. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, you know, teams, well, you're, you know, that league will be done playing after tonight and teams can still move around. Uh, as other teams are playing. Uh, but, you know, you got to keep in mind that all but the conference champions are going to lose a game between now and Sunday. Absolutely. Jerry, we appreciate the time. Hopefully uh, BYU's in the bracket on Sunday, but uh, like you said, we'll check with you uh, again Sunday possibly. <laughs> all right, well, good luck. Thank you. We're going to need it. Jerry Palm of CBS Sports joining us here on BYU Sports Nation. Whew. Hopefully he's right, man. But, yeah, the Pacific loss. Ugh. I don't know stuff. Santa Clara is good. Santa Clara was underrated, by the way. That's quad one that uh, BYU could have added, but did not. <sighs> Coming up, Spencer's one-on-one -on -one with Maria Albiero and Tegan Graham from Las Vegas after the win yesterday. Plus, where do we want Kyle Van Noy to end up, and why is it my Seahawks? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. Now BYU women's basketball headed back to the championship game on a title Tuesday. But they're not the only women dominating for the Cougs. Check it out on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. It's International Women's Day. Shout out to the amazing women of BYU Athletics. They do such an amazing job. We get to cover them. They're fantastic. Is that a W for women? Nice. He is yeah, Spencer. I'm yeah. Jerem. This is BYU Sports Nation from Vegas in Provo to interact with the show and uh, get what we think is at least marginally decent content throughout the day. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. But first, before the whip, let's announce the winners of the basketball prize packs. Some autographed basketballs and some, uh, you know, socks and some all kinds of stuff. Uh, here they are. At JT Lamro 7 at Toshlin19. I know she's a huge BYU basketball fan. At Jamie Fryer, at Angela Saunders, at Brian Hawk 5 Those are the five winners. Congratulations. Congratulations. Sports will reach out and hook you up. Thanks to everyone for entering. But alas, these are the five winners. All right, now we can whip it.
The Cougar Whip Round is presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world. Kalani Satake in at number 25 on Bruce Feldman's top 25 college football head coaches list. Stuart Mandel just released his list, Jerem, and has Kalani at number 21. So who's more correct? Is it Feldman or Mandel? Yes. I think Kalani's the top 25 coach. Yeah. You don't you don't go B2B 10 plus and uh, you know finish in the top 25 and, and not be one of the best in the country. So yeah, I, I do have a mild issue with uh, Bill Clark and Mandel's being 19 <laughs> of UAB too soon from the yeah. moment. But uh, yeah, no, Bill Clark's a good coach. I just don't think he's top 25. For the mere fact that 21 is one of my favorite numbers, I'm going to go with our guy, Stuart Mandel. Also, he's been on the show a bunch. He's one of our guys. Stu, much love, my brother. Bruce Feldman's been on the program as well. Not as much, but yes. Uh, where would you like to see Kyle Van Noy sign? It's always the Bengals, Jerem. It's always the Cincinnati Bengals. That's probably not going to happen because the Bengals don't have a huge need for a linebacker like Kyle Van Noy, but maybe it's here in Las Vegas. It'd be fun to have Kyle in the silver and black relatively close to Utah again. I'm sure his family would like that, make it more easy to come and watch him play. But yeah, maybe it's the silver and black of Las Vegas with that veteran leadership that he would bring. He is from Nevada, although uh, Reno. Uh, perhaps the Rams, if they don't sign Von Miller, they could use another veteran that's getting cheaper uh, in Kyle Van Noy. Perhaps the Rams, although I don't want to see the Super Bowl champs in the same division as the Seahawks get a guy like Kyle Van Noy. <laughs> I, already have to, I already have to root for Fred Warner, but against the Niners. I don't want to root for Kyle Van Noy and against the Rams, too. Yeah. Come on. On to women's basketball, Jaron Paisley Harding and Maria Albiero set a program record with their 144th games as BYU Cougars yesterday. Today marks obviously number 145. So over under 147 and a half games played total for Maria and Paisley when all is said and done this season. Are I they think going you know to the Sweet 16? Yeah. Uh, yes, it's going to be over. It's going to be 148. They're getting to the Sweet 16. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when they get to the Sweet 16, 148, why stop there, my friend? Why stop there? And I but I, I'm with you. I think it's it's going to be over. That maybe this won't ever this won't ever be broken. I said it won't ever be broken. Shaley Gonzalez might actually break it because she's going to play five years here. So, yeah, <laughs> Shaley will probably break it. Is it an upgrade for BYU baseball to play Oklahoma State at Globe Life Field, home of the Texas Rangers? Well, it's not one of the top 15 most beautiful sports venues in the entire world <laughs> that we discussed yesterday, according to Joe Pompliano. But weather conditions-wise, it certainly is an upgrade. Uh, yeah, the backdrop, not as impressive. Everything else, we'll, we'll call it an upgrade. They can close the roof, so it doesn't matter what it's outside uh, like in Arlington <laughs> on that particular day. But no, it's legit. It's uh, what, two years old? I mean, three, this is its third year, I think. It's, it's really impressive. Uh, I didn't see a baseball game there. Like I said, I saw a concert, but it's, it's freaking awesome. So yeah, bummer not to host Oklahoma State, kind of, hey, Big 12 homies, what's up? Not have that series but we'll have a bunch of those soon enough. All good. Jerem, after the Nets are cut down on the women's basketball side here in Las Vegas, I know you are all in on Gonzaga and St. Mary's for the I men's am. title. I'm not even watching it. 
going to a movie okay. tonight. Well, then you've answered my question. <laughs> Do you even care who wins that game? No, I don't care. I'm going to the Batman tonight. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Yes. I don't even care about St. Mary's and Gonzaga. Fun fact, two years ago, two years ago, 2020. Yeah, it's been a decade since 2020. That's the first time I didn't actually watch the title game because we had been down at that tourney every year since 2010. I drove home, and then St. Mary's actually beat Gonzaga for the shift. So I was like, should I have yeah. stayed and watched that? And the answer is no. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Who do you want to win? I, I mean, just for the sheer logistics of it all, St. Mary's beating Gonzaga again would be pretty wild, like two times in a row. And how much would that push the Gales up in the seating line? Like the St. Mary's are in like a four or five seed. They'd be Gonzaga. Listen, again. listen. And does that somehow help? Yes. Does it somehow help BYU? Because BYU has beaten St. Mary's head to head. We figured it out. This is how BYU gets in. St. Mary's beats Gonzaga. <laughs> and then the net is like 12. And it's like, BYU's got an, a great win over St. Mary's. <laughs> this is how it happened. We yeah. figured it out. Yes, we need the Gales yes. to win tonight. Everyone, yes. start fasting. That same man. Get the deli God gnome. doesn't care. Get the deli gnome. Put him up on the desk in my spot, Jerem. I got it. Hold on, hold on. I got it. I got it. Hold on, hold on. Jerem's getting the deli gnome. Oh, Get the deli gnome. Let's Put it on the Gale. desk. Let's go, Gales. Yes, this is how it happens. Let's go. Yes. It's all about the Gales tonight. Improve feel, that net for BYU, I feel dirty baby. doing this, but it's all good. <laughs> I figured it out. Oh, good stuff. I wish you just sat right, here coming the rest up. of the show. <laughs> Hard to top <laughs> what just happened, that's for sure. We're going to try, though, with the top five tournament championships in BYU basketball history. Plus, should I throw this off the building? And Maria Albiero and Tegan Graham weigh in after yesterday's semifinal win. Let's go, Gales. This is BYU Sports Nation. This is Gale Sports Nation now. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU men's volleyball on the bounce back effort, trying to end that lengthy losing streak this weekend against Concordia. It's going to happen. Watch the match live Friday at 9 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live currently from the studio Orleans. Jerem Jordan will join us again in just a moment. I had the great opportunity to speak with not one, but two fabulous BYU women's basketball players yesterday, both who played an integral role in the Cougars beating the Portland Pilots and getting to title Tuesday today. We'll start with Tegan Graham. Tegan, you just wrapped up an incredibly emotional and very intense semifinal win against a team that had beaten you in the only head-to-head -head matchup this year. What does that semifinal win mean to this team? It's huge, yeah. <clears throat> we wanted Portland. Obviously, we lost to them in the regular season, and they never came to us. So we really wanted that game back. Um, and we, you know, we prepared for them all week. Um, and so we kind of had that mindset going into it where, you know, we wanted to be the aggressors. We wanted to have a physical game, and, and we got one. Things didn't go as planned for you on offense, and Portland sped you up, but overall you did a better job taking care of the ball. What were you able to do to kind of counteract that press that can be super frustrating? Yeah, I think, honestly, this game was won by defense. You know, they, they did a really good job speeding us up, you know, quick shots, that sort of stuff, and, and you didn't see the offensive performance that you normally do from our team. But I think that's where our defense really shines, um, and we, we did an incredibly good job on, you know, a good, a great big, well, two great bigs, Fowler and, and Cochran, are, 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 you know, dominating right now. So I think, you know, we just had to lock in and, and get stops, and we did. 
I want to take you to a moment in the fourth quarter where Alex Fowler for Portland hits a huge three. They go up four, and then you come right back down the floor and essentially say, give me the ball, it's going up, and then you knock down a three to bring it back to a one-point game. Walk us through that sequence. Yeah, I think, you know, that's just kind of like, it's kind of game mode. You don't even really think about it. Um, you know, she just hit a really big three, um, and I came down, got an open look, got a clean look, and, you know, shoot a shoot, I'm a shooter. My team has confidence in me, and I didn't shoot great tonight, but, you know, I, I hit that big one, and, and it felt good. How much of that is you just being a competitor? Okay, you hit one, I'm going to make this. Oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, I love games like that. That's why you play basketball. You, you play basketball to, to, to play, you know, really, really competitive games like that where it's, it's back and forth. And um, I think we need those kind of games going forward, especially, you know, for what we want to do in, in postseason. So I think that was an exciting, you know, really, really important, important game for us. Okay, and let's talk about Gonzaga. They're a very balanced team, but so is BYU. Why did you enjoy success against Gonzaga? this season and we're able to sweep them both times? I think we're really competitive. Um, and, and what I mean by that is we like to take teams out of what they do. And I think Gonzaga, we um, kind of figure out what they want to do on the pick and roll and really try to attack that. And, and that's where that competitiveness, that defensive edge comes into play for our team. Um, so yeah, for Gonzaga, I think it's just like taking taking play uh, playmaking abilities away from the guards and um, yeah, and just getting stops. So much about March is just surviving and getting to the next competing. game competing. competing and advancing to the next game what does a win like you had against portland in dramatics with just high intensity what does that do for your team going into the championship i mean it's huge to, to play those kind of close games in march that's what you want right that's what you live for that's why people play college basketball right um and to have the insane crowd that we had today was just incredible i mean i think the crowd I think they really pushed us over the edge. They gave us so much energy right from the jump, but especially in the fourth quarter. So it's just exciting. Who doesn't want to play basketball in March, right? I was going to ask you about that. How much do you hear the crowd? How much did you feel that in the game in the semifinals? Yeah, definitely big plays. Like my three, I heard that. Um, Maria's three at the end, that was a dagger. I heard that. Um, yeah, just big stops too. Like securing the rebound like you can feel the energy shift right that momentum and so I think you know we have incredible fans this year it's growing um, but it's been awesome to have so many people show up and, and support us what's your conditioning level like right now at this point of the season after a really tough game like that yeah it's it's all about recovery I mean I'm old and this is my sixth year of college basketball so it's about a lot of water um, and a lot of recovery, but I think we feel good. We've, you know, we've had this mindset going this whole season, right, that we're going to have a, a long season, so I think everyone's prepared. I know your whole family's watching very closely, uh, a lot of them back at home a long way away. What's your message to them right now? That I love you guys. Um, thank you for supporting, and um, go Cougs. <laughs> you want some karma for the, uh, the game? Some karma? Some BYU Sports Nation karma. Yeah. You want it? Yeah. What, what does that mean? It means you talk to me, and because you're oh. kind, you get some karma, yeah, get some and you're going to be awesome. Well, I'm going to succeed now. Yeah. Tegan, thanks so much. Thank you. <laughs> She's already succeeding, let's face it. So now she has BYU Sports Nation karma, which can only mean good things. But why stop at one player giving out the karma? Let's go ahead and give it to another international star on International Women's Day, Maria Albiero. Maria, you played a huge role in BYU's semifinal win over a really gritty Portland team that's so good at that frustrating full-court pressure. What are your emotions like just a few minutes removed from that game moving on into the championship? Um, I mean, a lot of emotions for sure. We worked the whole year really for this, for this moment tomorrow. 
just happy that we handled the pressure how we were supposed to. Obviously, there were moments that didn't look great, but as soon as it's done, we celebrate for a little. My mind is already on tomorrow. That's kind of how it works for me, at least. Well, I'm going to force you to think about that three-point shot you hit in the fourth quarter. BYU's up three. You're left open in the corner. In that moment, what are you feeling and what are you thinking? Um, not a lot of thinking, more doing, just trying at least. Because, I mean, I had no idea what the score was, which I probably should know. And I knew it was close, but I didn't realize that that was like a big three. I had no idea. I was I went outside and people were like, that was a huge three. And I was like, oh, I mean, that's cool. <laughs> Honestly, just ready to shoot. My coach just told me to be ready. My All my teammates, <laughs> you can't pass that shot. So I don't know, just happy I made it, honestly. Well, I watched you get a couple of big hoops around the hoop too, a reverse layup against the height of Lucy Cochran at 6'5". What's it like playing against a shot blocker that you kind of see every day in practice with Sarah Hampson? Yeah, oh, that definitely helps. Like, I'm, I'm used to having Sarah there. You just learn a couple ways here and there, go a little quicker, shoot a little sooner. It definitely helps. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure, I don't really remember what it looked like, but I'm pretty sure I chucked it high up there, and it went in, so, yeah. What was the locker room scene like after that hard-fought win? Good. Not crazy, like everybody's happy, everybody's happy for each other because we played a hard game. It wasn't pretty, but we won. But just, just happy and more like we expected. There's work to do tomorrow. So good vibes for sure, yeah. What did it mean to you personally to know that you had lost to Portland and you found a way to, I guess, right the ship by beating them here in the postseason? It means a lot. I think all of us, we're all competitive at the end of the day. I wanted to play them just because I wanted to prove the league that we can beat them. Like we, we didn't play good against them and it doesn't really define who we are because we've had a great year. So another chance to be a team and we did. They're a great team. They really are. So I'm happy we played them. You're 26 and two now. The 26 wins are a program best for the history of the program. Number 15 team in the country. That's also the highest ranking that BYU women's basketball has ever enjoyed. You're pacing for a five seed. How do you handle all of those little fun facts and stats when it comes to rankings and potential seedings? Uh, I think really with BYU, I don't understand how everything works. Sometimes I don't even want to understand, but <laughs> we might get robbed. If we do, then we do. At the end of the day, I was talking to Tom yesterday, uh, our sports psychologist, and he said at the end of the day, at some point you're going to have to be a number one seed. So really, I just try not to think much about this. I'm happy. I think it's incredible. I'm really happy to be a part of it. I think it's such a long process and happy that we accomplished that, but just think about tomorrow. Okay, two wins against Gonzaga this season. Uh, the dramatic comeback in Spokane and then an utterly dominant performance at home on senior night. What is it going to take to beat the Gonzaga Bulldogs for a third time? A third time, that's the thing. I think it's really hard to beat a team three times in a row. I think we have what it takes. We've done it before. So we, we know how they play. We know how to stop them but they, they run it, they're very disciplined. So I think it's just, again, it's just gonna come down to discipline defense, knowing personnel. And we, we, got, we got them, we know how they play. And if we play discipline and together, we should be able to stop them always. All right, I talked to Tegan a moment ago, gave her a chance to shout out her family back in New Zealand. What's your message to your family back in Brazil? Oh, they don't speak English, but... Uh, so you can speak Portuguese, it's all good. Okay, well, I'll say it in English and then in Portuguese. <laughs> I just want to thank my family for loving me, for the support, a, a lot of sacrifice for me to be here. It wouldn't happen without them. So, mãe, pai, minha família, obrigada pelo sacrifício, por tudo que vocês fizeram por mim. Tá valendo a pena. Muito obrigada. Perfect. Now you get some BYU Sports Nation karma to boot. Okay, you know the deal there. You talk to me, hang out with us, you're gonna play great. Good luck tomorrow. Thank you so much, thank you.
Fantastic stuff from two international women at BYU, Tegan Graham and Maria Albiero. Coming up, a rise and shout out fitting for International Women's Day. Plus, as promised, our top five Tuesday features the top conference tournament title games in BYU basketball history. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is always available on demand via the free BYU TV and BYU Radio apps. Or download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review it. Top 5 Tuesday time presented by Delta Airlines. BYU basketball has had some great conference tournament championships over the years. Not so many recently in the men, on the men's side, but the women's side has. So we take a look at the top five conference tournament championship games. Kick it off. Let's go. Numero Cinco, the men's only Mountain West Conference Tournament Championship as we rewind to 2001. BYU was the two seed in this tournament, beat fifth seed New Mexico. The tournament MVP, McKelly Wesley, had 30 points, 11 of 12 shooting that day to lead the Cougars, including shooting out of a triple team to put the Cougars up four with 23 seconds left. You bet. That win helped BYU clinch their first tournament appearance in the big dance in six years. I remember exactly where I was, Marissa Feinstein's house. And, uh, yeah, maybe I need to go to Marissa's uh, street again just to summon the karma or something. Who knows? <laughs> Number four, in 2015, the BYU women became the lowest seed to win the West Coast Conference Championship. The Cougars entered as a five seed, knocking off top-ranked Zags in the semis. BYU beat six-seeded San Francisco to punch their ticket to the big dance. Lexi Eaton was named tournament MVP. She had 22 points, seven rebounds, and three assists in the title game. The BYU women have been really good in Vegas in this tournament. Yes, indeed. Number three, 2019, the BYU men had to face correction. The women had to face 12th ranked Gonzaga, 28 and three. Brenna Chase had 25 points. Freshman Shaylee Gonzalez, oh yeah, that girl, had 20 as BYU coasted to an 82-68 win. Paisley Harding, the tournament MVP, she had 19 points in the title game. BYU's third time beating Gonzaga in that season, preventing the Zags from winning three straight conference tournament championships. Number two, we go back to 91 for the men, where BYU won its first ever conference tournament on the hardwood, taking the WAC title. They did it against eighth-ranked Utah, who entered the tournament 25-2. Game went to OT. Nate Call made two free throws with eight seconds to put the Cougars up in the final seconds. Utah's Tyrone Tate had a wide-open layup to tie the game and missed it, giving BYU the win. Look at this. Look at that. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, pain for Utah and celebration Which is for the joy Cougars. for BYU. Yes. Number one happened the following year, Jerem, in 1992. BYU trailing UTEP by two with 31 seconds left. Mark Kessel played a three to get BYU the lead. Following a UTEP bugger with 2.4 seconds left. Kevin Nixon from 55 feet away. Drano took two dribbles firing it from beyond half court. Pandemonium for the Cougars in Fort Collins, Colorado, as they head back to the big dance. Kevin Nixon for the win. What an amazing moment for BYU basketball. Roger Reed, the head coach, and his celebration also fantastic. The second greatest shot in Cougar history. So good. Mm. 
so good. How about that? Okay, uh, uh, like honestly, I didn't know. I don't know like a ton. I have to research to go like before I moved to Utah, BYU basketball and football stuff. I've never seen that Utah play. I've never seen that. That was amazing. Oh, yeah. That's, that's an all-timer, right? That is an all-timer. I remember oh that gosh. as a little kid. I remember how happy my family was on that day, in that moment. Wow. It was glorious. That gives me and then so much joy. <laughs> Good gosh. I'm that pathetic. Our question of the day. Who or what will be the Y factor in tonight's West Coast Conference uh, Women's Championship game? At the Casual Hippie on Twitter. Paisley Harding will be the Y factor. She had a rough game yesterday, missing shots she usually, usually makes. She went 4-14. Look for her to bounce back with a career game. She's a, a former tournament MVP as a sophomore in 2019. Our elite voice of the day. She made some clutch free throws, right? Yeah, four for four down the stretch. That was awesome. Presented, he's go. talking about the uh, layups earlier. Presented by Sundance yeah. Mountain Resort. At Tyson Peterson on Twitter. Like Kristen Kozlowski said yesterday, Tegan Graham is an extension of Juddy on the floor and will keep the ladies accountable. She is her teammates' why. Ooh, I like that. I think that's a good choice. Tegan Graham is the Y factor. What do you think? Sure. Yeah, Tegan's a glue player for BYU. I've said it a number of times on the air. Like, there are so many amazing individual players on this team. And Tegan kind of helps it all connect together beautifully. Like, if, if, if you, you know, think of the jar analogy, Jerem, the big rocks, all yep. the star players, Tegan's like the sand that fills in all the loose cracks. Yes. yes. And BYU after the season may say, Hey, I only saw one set of footprints on the sand, and it was Tegan <laughs> who carried us to the WCC title. Today's Rising Shoutouts, presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Women's hoops, get into the ship. Go win the ship, baby. Go win it. Go. For Let's Eastern, go. BYU uh, Radio, ESPNU, it's going to be awesome. Our thanks to today's guests, Jerry Palm, Maria Albiero, and Tegan Graham. Our sincere apologies to Dennis Pitta for not having time today. Thought we were going to have it. Didn't happen, Jerem. For Spencer, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Cassie Brahead. Go Gales beat the Zacks tonight. Listen to the WCC title game as well. Women's Hoops, BYU Radio, 4 Eastern. Go Cougs!